0: Hawks Live, presented by the dining district of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer.
1: You are listening to Hawks Live presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. The show starts at 7 every Thursday right here on Seattle Sports 710. Broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. Now, if you're not live, like you're listening on the radio. Our fans here, you guys got a rude awakening. You guys awake now? The Sound System said, look, make sure you're up, because you got you to listen to man. Paul Boyer, man. Paul, how you doing?
2: I'm good. The the crowd's in a better mood than last week, that's for sure.
1: That's for um, sure.
2: But um, Why is I'm, that? Uh, probably because we got our butts kicked a week ago, but uh, made amends for that this past week, and... Um, this is a fun time right now. By the way, we always talk about it. This is a, a great s- setting here at the collection, uh, Bellevue Collection. And um, the, the holiday's coming up. Next, can you believe next week's Thanksgiving? Crazy. Crazy. And we, matter of fact, this is our last show for three weeks. We got two Thursday games in a row. We got Thanksgiving, and the following week we're in Dallas uh, for Thursday night again. So, um, and actually, yeah, th- then, then the third week we're back. So uh, glad to have everybody.
1: Paul doing that math, calculate, boom, 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 boom. Not very quick. Hey, it's all good, baby. Hey, but uh, last week the Hawks get it done, 29 to 26. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been weird in Seattle because you look at the win and you go, I will take that win however you can take it. But for some people, they want to see a certain fashion of win when it comes to the Seahawks. Me personally, I look at the team, I go, look, mediocre offense, mediocre defense, you have a quarterback who's figuring it out. Yeah, potential everywhere. So to be at six and three at this point in the season, I'm okay.
2: Well, at the beginning of the year, you you would say, take that all day. Being we're tied for first place in in the NFC West. I I don't think we we thought San Francisco would take a step back, losing three games in a row. They they ride the ship last week, obviously against ja, uh, uh, the Jaguars. Um, look, I actually thought we played pretty well last week. I, I would would say really well last week i didn't think the score was indicative of how we controlled that game Um, we gave up a couple of big plays obviously defensively particularly in the fourth quarter two two big drives that you know there was four plays and it it wasn't scheme it wasn't that they were better than us we dropped coverage really three times but two of them that really hurt us we had one drive where they got a couple matchups on us that uh, weren't weren't perfect, but I thought we played well. I mean, Geno Smith had a career high in passing yards last week. I mean, who, who would even have thunk that uh, at that point? So I thought we we did a good job protecting. We ran the ball well, um, so it was it was a good win. This is not college football playoffs, right? This is not. Uh, The University of Washington having to have style points against each team to to make the final four. This is just about wins, and this was a good win for us. This is another game. I don't care how we win it. We are better than the Rams. We'll talk a little bit more about them. They're not a very good football team. That doesn't mean they're an easy team. They scheme us. They've got good players, but we're a better team than them if we go out and play our kind of football.
1: You scared me right now i didn't mean to they're not a better football team they're not but they can out scheme us
2: well they can that that's the nfl going though to.
1: that's the nfl right it's that look you might not have the guys on the d line to compete with the offensive line but if you have a coach that can add some wrinkles to the game plan it might throw you off a little bit so i, I think that's important because at six and three you listen to a lot of the people who watch the hawks and uh, they're frustrated and you can be frustrated i'm not telling you not to feel what you feel But you got to understand that there's some smart coaches on the other side, and there's only about 1,500 players in this league. So the gap between the best and the worst isn't very big.
2: No, I mean, there's Carolina, is probably one team you shouldn't lose to. Um, they're just they're they're in such a rebuild mode with a rookie quarterback. You, you can't lose those games. Every other game you got to go and play well. I mean, you turn the ball over three times and and don't get any from the other team. You're you're gonna lose to a team that's got one or two wins in this league. So you got to go play well. The Rams are tough because they do have very good players. I mean, Stafford is we could argue, a potential Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, he played exceptionally well versus us. You got Aaron Donald, who I still think is, uh, you know, if, I don't know if he's the best player in the league on defense, but I don't know who's better than him. Mm. So there's, there's a bunch of them there in that, and he's playing still at an s- incredibly high level. So they've got guys, but they also have 14 rookies on their roster. Um, all 14 of their draft picks made the team. You know, so, so most of them, I think nine of them are fifth round and later, so I think they're just trying to fill the roster, lower the salary cap for them. But, you know, I think McVay is, if he's not the best, he's one of the very best in the NFL at at finding the matchups. He's always looking for the, the, the matchup, and that always makes me nervous because we usually, in the past, have played kind of a vanilla defense. Right. Uh, we, we're not that same defense anymore. We, we do more matchup zone defense. Uh, we do different things in man-to-man. We don't play just a 4-3. You know, we, we have two down linemen. We 3-4. I mean, we, we mix a lot of different uh, formations in there, too.
1: Something that uh, stood out to me last week, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and JSN combined for 19 receptions, 243 yards, and one touchdown last week. The best performance we've gotten out of these three, man. I think this is something that we've been looking forward to. JSN comes into the season, he gets banged up, breaks his wrist or a bone in his wrist after scoring a touchdown in the preseason. You have DK, lots of targets, not a lot of receptions. And then you have Tyler Lockett, who's Mr. Consistent. If these three can continue to play at this level, what does that mean?
2: Well, the, the thing I liked about last week is they were productive, but we didn't lose sight of our tight ends and our running backs either. So... I thought from a balance standpoint, the way we spread the ball around was one of our best this year. Right. Um, and you're right. Look, we, we're a, a, an 11 personnel offense. It's one tight end, one running back, three three wide receivers. That's what we're going to feature. But we also saw... A lot of three tight ends in the game. We saw a lot of two tight ends in the game. They mixed it up uh, a bunch. We we actually saw a couple check downs in the middle of the field. One went for the big touchdown big to DK. Uh, and so I just thought it was a really good game plan for us. And I thought Gino played, obviously, in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter, uh, probably his best game.
1: Yeah, I look at Gino in the fourth quarter, or just the last two drives, right? Go nine for 10 one touchdown. You set up the game winning field goal. I don't think people realize he has 13 game winning drives Mm. in 60 starts. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think the numbers come out to what 27% of the time he's a 21% of the time he's leading his team to a game winning drive. Um, What does that say about Gino? Because I think that we look at Gino and we see him as a top 10 pick for some reason. That's not what he was. Second round pick. Bad time with the Jets, and now he's uh, he's doing this thing here, not having the season season that he had last year, but he's still playing some good football.
2: Yeah, look, it's it's more the touchdown to interception ratio. You know, he had a he had a you know two or three game stretch where you know turned the ball over a, a few times. That's not who Geno is, though. Um, you go and watch some of his throws. The first time we played the Rams, you go oh man, he's really accurate. I mean, he is an accurate thrower. So I, I just felt like he got back on track and, you know, for Gino sometimes it's, you know, do I not turn it over? Do I, you know, try to make the tough throw? You got to make tough throws in this league. You know, I mean, you can't just always go back to pass and look to your left and Sometimes you got to say, that guy's covered. i still got to make, make the tough throw, and he's more than capable of it. So I think he's kind of balancing that out of don't turn it over, but also i got to make some, some big-time throws here. You know, I think last week one of the things, you know, there's a lot of pauses in that game, and it's important we, we have that. Right. You know, there's a few things that It will be interesting going into this week. I have not seen this. Last week uh, Washington targeted their tight ends and running backs – 21 times and completed 20 of them 20 and that's on our linebackers and safeties and i i guarantee that mcveigh has seen that and he's going to work that and if that is what is potentially our weakness in pass defense uh we're going to see more of that so i'm curious to see what the rams do and more importantly how we match up
1: yeah I think the Rams will do exactly that. The last two starts that Matthew Stafford has had, 67% of his passes are 10 yards and underneath. And a lot of them are to the left and to the right, right? Outside the numbers, something that uh, you, uh, you wish the Hawks would force the Niners to do when it comes to yes. throwing the football. But Matthew Stafford has all the tools to complete every single throw. So that's what concerns me a little bit. We saw Puka Nakua. Nuk- uh, First week in the league, yeah. balls yeah, out. Now game. you have Cooper Cup as well. Higby, the tight end, hasn't had the greatest season, but we know the capabilities of him. So, uh, yeah, I man, it, it's going to be a good one. I'm, I'm excited to see exactly what these guys do.
2: Yeah, McVay, um, unlike the 49ers who just live inside the, the numbers, right, McVeigh. Create some really tough routes. I mean, they're difficult routes, and you know they will work outside the numbers a lot. And and you know certainly Stafford's capable of making those throws. I love the matchup with their wide receivers and our defensive backs. I think Trey Brown, Witherspoon, and Woolen are the three best uh, tandem. Tandem is that the right word? A trio. Trio. Of of uh yeah. of corners in the league, and they're playing. At a high level, so I I love that matchup. You know we got. No, sh- no no no!
1: Don't don't get too deep into it, man. Because we not... I got we got to save some of that. All, All right, because right. coming up next, we're going to dive good, into though. the Seahawks Week Eleven opponent, the Los Angeles Rams. Where Greg Beecham from the AP that is next right here on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Live on air on Seattle Sports.
1: What's up? What's up? You're listening to Hawks Live presented by the Dining District at the Belby Collection. Every Thursday right here, me and my guy Paul Moyer are doing what we're doing right now. We're joined by Greg Beecham, the Associated Press. What's up, Greg? How you doing? Hey, I'm good, Michael. i Paul. How's it going? We're doing okay, well, man. We're, uh, you know what? I got to keep it 100 with you, man. Whenever we line okay. up with the Rams, <laughs> no matter what the records are, no matter what the stats say... We know it's going to be a good game. You guys sitting at three and six, is that the same feeling?
3: Uh I think uh the Rams would be happy if it was a good game at this point. They are they are having a little more trouble than than the uh the Seahawks are at this point in this season. And it's definitely a great rivalry. I love these games. You know there's a lot of crossover on both teams. I mean, everything from Bobby Wagner to Yakima's own Cooper Cup to everything in between. There's always a good rivalry angle to this series, but I think the Seahawks are in a little bit better position this season to uh Get a little revenge for week one than the Rams are to uh, make it a season sweep. Let's put it that way.
2: Well, rumor has it that Matthew Stafford is coming back. It would just, is that what you're hearing? Or what
3: we Looking know? like he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be yeah, back. The- He's been thrown in practice. Unless he has a major setback in the next 48 hours, he'll be in there.
2: All right. Well, everybody here's uh, just cross their fingers. He's going to have a major setback uh, because the, <laughs> la- the last time we played him, he he really was uh, unbelievable. Made some amazing throws. We know what kind of quarterback he is. We didn't have Cup the last time we played, but we didn't have Witherspoon. Look, w- exactly. they give us pro- they give us problems. But the one thing I do see offensively that again, even in the Packer game, man, the offensive line just looks like they're struggling. Um, what's going on with that?
3: You're 100% correct. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot on the tackles, too. The the middle of the line is fairly strong, all things considered. they got a couple of pretty good guards. Steve Avila, the rookie, is looking really good. Hasn't come off the field at all this season. Kevin Dotson's been playing great since they picked him up from Pittsburgh. And uh, Coleman Shelton's a pretty good center. Uh, the tackles are the problem, and that's where the Seahawks have the best chance to exploit. Uh, what what the Rams do wrong. Uh, they've got Alaric Jackson at left tackle because he beat out Joe Noeboom who is the guy they're paying to be their left tackle in training camp. And uh, Alaric, uh, he, he obviously knows what he's doing, but I don't think anybody would, would argue that he's an elite left tackle at this point. And at right tackle, they've got Rob Havenstein, the veteran, you know, the longest serving guy there on the line. But he has been hobbled with injury. He missed the game in, in, uh, in Green Bay, and you could see that you know with the guys they used to replace him, it didn't go so well. And uh, he's supposed to come back this week. He has been limited in practice, though, a little bit less practicing than we thought we'd get from him. But uh, he's supposed to come back. If he does, you know, he's he's a competent left tackle. But if uh, he's less than 100 percent or if they have to use somebody else, that's, that's a place for the Seahawks to pounce. And, and that's, the, that's the biggest weakness in this Rams offense right now. You're absolutely correct.
1: Greg, I'm a, uh, a former receiver, so I love some receiver play. Um, mm-hmm. Minus week one. You open a week one, Puka Nakua says, like, don't forget about me. Fifth <laughs> round draft pick, BYU, dub." He's, he's got me all concerned, man. But um, he's continued to be productive, man. Um, is this what you expected out of Puka? I, I mean, I fill us in because no one was ready for this.
3: I don't think anyone expected this out of Puka, including Puka. I mean, it's, it's been remarkable, the uh, impact he's had on this offense in his first opportunity. And part of that is a credit to playing you know, with Matthew Stafford, who is an excellent quarterback who can get to the ball all day long when he's healthy, and he has an offensive line that can keep him off his back. And part of it's a credit to playing for Sean McVay, who can dial up all sorts of stuff to, uh, to torment a defense, to make the most of a guy's skill set. Cooper Cup's entire career is a testament to that. Cooper's a great receiver, but he would he would be the first to say that he's a better receiver because Sean McVay has been called plays for him for, for six years. But having said that, Puka, you know, has demonstrated his own ability and things that he can do that I don't think anybody really knew when they drafted him. He was the last receiver drafted in the fifth round of the draft. He was, he was the 20th receiver overall in the draft. The final pick of the fifth round is just, is mind boggling at this point considering what he's shown out there on the field. Having said that, he's played uh, a little less, a little less uh, impactful the previous two weeks before the bye. He is not 100%. He's been beaten up a little bit. Sean talked about that earlier this week, how just the cumulative you know bumps and bruises of an NFL season particularly when you're a rookie that's that high profile now where everybody's looking to get a lick on you everybody's looking to uh, to make a statement against you when they when they line up against you in one-on-one coverage and uh, he only has uh, three catches in each of the last two games so he's going to have to find dig, dig down deep inside and find find you know the way to finish a 17 game season strong which is tough for any rookie it's tough for Puka, especially because you know he, this is just coming from from something to nothing and, and nothing to something and once he gets out there and and can show what he can do you know, down the stretch. That's when you really prove yourself and separate yourself as a player. So I'll be, I'll be really curious to see how he does in this, this last eight-game stretch of the season. But it's been tremendous so far. It's been really fun to watch.
2: We'll stay on the offensive side. An, an interesting storyline is the Seahawks just signed Brett Rippin, R- Brett Ripon. Who was a starting <laughs> quarterback the last time the Rams played, which was two weeks ago? They had a, a bye week, and I want to be honest. I go, I, I watched the game, and man, you know the offensive line really struggled struggled against the Packers, and and Brett had a couple bad plays, but by no means was that loss on him. One, were you surprised that happened, and two, were you even more surprised and how that whole thing went down with Carson Wentz now being the backup quarterback for the Rams?
3: I wasn't too surprised because they didn't go into this season expecting Brett Ripon to be the, to be their QB2. They thought Stetson Bennett was going to be their QB2, and they'd spent the entire offseason preparing Stetson for that role. And Brett was, you know, a guy who was going to come in and help out, be the third arm in practice, and maybe, you know, get an opportunity down the road in garbage time or if they had that, if one of the quarterbacks got injured or something, he would move up. So, you know, Stetson has not been able to play this year. He's, he's away from the team, and he's probably not going to play this year. And the way Sean explained their decision to only go with Matthew Stafford and Brett Ripon was that they felt like they needed to use the roster spot on other, other holes in the roster. And to be fair, this roster does have a lot of holes after everything they did in the off season. So that, that's why he did that. And then they got caught in a situation where Matthew got hurt. You could argue that they should have thought of that since Matthew missed half of last season and they got an offensive line that is probably not going to keep any quarterback healthy for an entire year. That wasn't too hard to see. But having said that, they ended up having to play Brett. They thought they would go into that game, you know, right before the bye in Green Bay. It's going to be raining. It's going to be miserable. Nobody's going to really show out in that game unless they're really special. And I think they just thought they'd see what they could do with Brett. And uh, it didn't go well at all. You know, he's he's in the rain. He's, he's fumbling the ball. It's tough. And not to say that he's not a competent quarterback, because he absolutely is. But that's just a really tough situation to go into. You know, and, and make your first significant playing time of the year. And, you know, Carson Wentz was a guy who was available. I think, I think, I think it was a good match between the two of them because, you know, he, he's halfway through the NFL season. Now, you don't want to sit out an entire season if you're still serious about being a football player. You don't want to take a year off and try to come back. And the Rams offered him I mean, if you could, you could say, you know, maybe he's hung out a little bit longer. The Cleveland Browns might have come knocking, but you don't know that for sure. You don't know what situation it would be. And he took an opportunity to take the same deal that, you know, Baker Mayfield took. Other quarterbacks have come in here and proven that they can do stuff, and and Sean McVay has been has been a good a good coworker for quarterbacks in order to maximize their potential. Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, you know Baker Mayfield, and and I think Carson Wentz saw this as an opportunity that he could he could uh, stay relevant. And know that he's one hit away from playing again with with some pretty good receivers on his on this Rams team so I don't blame him for taking it I I kind of fault the Rams for waiting so long to find a backup quarterback but now that they've done it I think they're in better position to go forward for the final eight games all
1: right Greg we got about 30 seconds here I just want to ask you like what do you think is the advantage the Rams have on the Seahawks you look at the numbers you look at the personnel you say look this should be a good game we expect it to be a good game but uh where's the advantage for the Rams
3: uh most games this season and this one is no exception. I think the Rams have to score a ton of points to win. I think they should put up put up a bunch of points. That defense is trying really hard, but they are seriously under talented given all the uh, personnel changes they made and the people that they chose to put in there. So I think I think the Rams have an advantage if Stafford is healthy. I think they they if they can keep him upright, if they can keep Big Cat off him, if they can keep the rest of the pass rush off him, I think I think they have a chance to throw the ball down the field, uh, you know, get get Puka involved, get Cooper Cup uh, put up a big game. Uh, They got some decent running game here and there in the last few weeks. If they can score a bunch of points and make it a close game down the stretch, they have a chance to pull one out. Otherwise, if the Seahawks get on top early, if the Seahawks get out ahead and and start playing with the lead, it's going to be a rough day for the boys in the Horned Helmet. All
1: right, Greg. We know how this goes, though. I'll just expect a close game. (laughs) All right, man. we, (laughs) We appreciate your time, bro. You have a good day. Take care. Have a good night. All right, all right. That's Greg Beecham of the APA. Come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court. You'll have a chance to win gift cards from the dining district at the Bellevue Collection. Tonight, they're giving away gift cards to Duke Seafood and the Lake House. When we return, we'll talk to Seahawks tight end Kobe Parkinson. That is next right here on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports.
1: Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moyer. Every Thursday on Seattle Sports, we are right here and live at Bellevue Square Center Court. And now we're joined by Seahawks tight end, Colby Parkinson. Colby, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on man thanks for uh for joining us man we had you here live last year and a lot has changed in your life since then man um i believe you're married now uh you've, yep. you've been you've been playing a lot of golf what's, what's that handicap like these days man
4: <laughs> well these days it's not as good as it was over the summer um it got it down <laughs> to a seven seven this off season which is my career low so uh ended on a high note
1: That ain't bad.
2: No, congratulations. I'm that one guy who follows you on all of your social media, on uh, X and Instagram. (laughs) And I'm just jealous because I saw you down at Pebble Beach and you were traveling pretty much the country um, playing every single golf uh, course you could. So we'll stay on the golf part because the last time we had you on, you said at the time you could not beat your fiance, who she played, by the way, at Alabama. She was a golfer. Um, yep. And now you're married. Congratulations.
4: Um, Thank you very much.
2: Did, have you beat her yet in golf?
4: I have not, unfortunately. Come on! Um, I know. I've, I've gotten close, but it seems like even when it's close, I, I always end up losing by at least one. So maybe one of these days I'll uh, I'll finally beat her.
2: You're going to start having to yell in her backswing or something.
4: <laughs> oh, man. I, I do everything I can. You can't shake her.
1: <laughs> we were actually talking about you over dinner, Colby, and... Uh, uh Maury goes, man, it'd be tough to have a wife who plays golf. And I go, Well, you know, you get get tips and lessons, but she might have to ride in the other golf court every now and then because I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna <laughs> ride whatever she's beating me. But uh, let, let's talk some football, man. I mean you guys are six and three, the same spot you guys were in last year, um, and it have mm-hmm. overcome a lot, man. And when I think of this team, I think of resiliency. Um, when you think of this team and you describe this team to someone who hasn't seen you guys play, like how would you do that?
4: Yeah, I like the word resiliency, like you said. um, You know, there's no quitting us. We've definitely been – it's been close. It feels like every game, you know. Um, And when our back's against the wall, when it's a two-minute drive to win the game, we we don't get, um, you know, uh, any doubt in our mind, and we just go out there and do our thing and and win the game.
2: Colby, you guys have so much talent, Uh, you know, at the receiver position, at the tight end position, at the running back position. Man, you you can't get all of them in at at the same time, obviously. And, you know, fighting for, you know, personnel groupings and and playing time. Um, How is that? I mean, is that frustrating? I mean, do you guys, are you guys still a pretty cohesive group?
4: Uh, Yeah, I think we're all very supportive of each other. Um, You know, there's a ton of playmakers on the team, and we all want to get our chance to, you know, catch the ball and do something with it. But more importantly than that, we want to win the game. And I think that's a common thread amongst the entire team. And, uh, and that leads to successful cohesive units. How's it been for the
1: the tight end group being run blockers? Now, you're typically a run blocker on the edge of the line of scrimmage. But there are some times where we see two tight ends in the backfield. You guys are motioning and, and I would I would assume trying to decipher man or zone. Just what's that like for you? Because I doubt you did those type of schemes in college.
4: Uh, yeah, Shane draws up a lot of uh, cool ways to use us in the run game, and it's it's fun. You know, it's uh, cool being moved around a lot, and you know, uh, presenting different looks to the defense. It makes it tough for them to decipher what we're doing, uh, and it leads to a lot of good opportunities for us to, uh, you know, break Ken or Zach, or DJ loose, and and you know, get some big games. You guys, uh, you guys play next
2: week in on Thursday night uh, against the 49ers, and you, you'll play them again a few weeks later, which is 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 different in how you guys game plan um but you had the rams literally nine weeks ago with the buy how much different are they and and how much it, different is the game plan and I, I you don't have to get specifics but just going into this game
4: uh yeah you know we we're also a very different offense than we were week one you know i, I don't think we came out uh to start the season the way we wanted to um so going into this game you know we're uh, I think we're starting to kind of, you know, figure out and hit our stride as an offense, and that's going to uh, lead to a lot of success, I believe, on Sunday. You know, I think we, we're still searching, you know, for the perfect game or we're clicking on all cylinders. We've had glimpses of it uh, on different drives within a game, um, and now uh, we're just trying to put it all together.
1: Colby, this could have an easy answer, uh, but, you know, I've been associated with the Hawks since 08. My guy, moyer has been here. little before me 83 and uh, no matter how you put it the Rams always give the Seahawks some trouble right is that something that you guys talk about or acknowledge or are you just focused on the day and don't really pay attention to all that noise
4: yeah I mean we we can't really focus on what's happened in years past Um, we just take it one game at a time and like Pete always says it's all about us you know we control the outcome of the game um, obviously, they're going to make their plays, but if we play well, uh, we don't think anyone can stand in our way. You mentioned you guys are still searching for that perfect
2: game. What does that look like for from your offense and what you guys are trying to do?
4: Yeah, I think it's uh, mitigating a lot of negative plays. I think we've had uh, a lot of penalties and, and poor, poor timing. You know, where it knocks us back into a you know first and long, second and long, where. We're on our fields already and uh, not stalling. You know, I think we have we've had a couple three and outs, um, and that's just that's across the board accountability. You know, we all got to be better. We got to execute better, um, do our job better, uh, and I think if we get rid of those, uh, you know, in towards the middle of the game, uh, I think we'll be able to you know put up a lot more points and um, have have some more success.
1: Hey, Colby, um, there was a a, a personnel package when I was playing when they threw up the e i knew that i was in the game right extra receiver uh-huh. now you guys uh, have a 13 personnel group where all you guys are out there at one time uh what's that like do you guys talk about that do you get excited when you when you hear the personnel group you guys run out there or are they, or is it just uh, business as usual let's go get it
4: no it's exciting you know i love when we're all out there together especially when uh you know we can one of us catches the ball and all three of us are on the field it's fun and we're able to celebrate each other out there it's a definitely cool experience and um you know we we want more 13 plays so we're excited to make the ones that we get work and hopefully get more in the next week
2: well as we mentioned last time we talked with you last year you were you were engaged now you've been out here a couple of years now you're married what's uh what's life like that for you has it changed particularly on your downtime uh after you get home from practice
4: uh, it's amazing. Uh, you know, my wife is awesome. I'm so thankful to be able to come home to her every day and, uh, you know, look forward to that after a long day at the office, you know, body sore or whatever, it's it's great to be able to come home and reset and uh, have a have a nice perspective on, on life, on football. And uh, she helps reset that a lot and focus on the Lord and, uh, you know, what's important to us.
2: Amen to that. And, you know, there's a lot of top golf places around here. Uh, do you guys uh-huh. get a chance at all to go hit a few golf balls uh, or, you know, just to get a little bit of your swing and keep that in rhythm?
4: Uh, we try to. We actually have a, a simulator in the uh, oh, a golf simulator in the place where we're <laughs> living in. It's not it's not mine. Don't worry. I did not get 25K on a, on a golf simulator yet. Um, but we're able to swing swing every now and then. And uh, it's nice to be able to share that together.
1: What's it like for you? The second year in the league, there's a obviously you have three teams that you're going to play twice a year. Um, I know when I play, you build kind of relationships with the guys that you're playing against. Have mm-hmm. you developed any of those relationships like a guy like, all right, there's a DN, there's an outside backer that I'm going to go up against. Uh, we, we talk a little crap every now and then. You have those relationships or you kind of just run the play, get to the huddle.
4: Uh you know, I definitely, you, you know, you played these guys, like you said, twice a year, so you know who you're going up against. You know, all right, this is Rams week. You know, they're going to run a 3-4, the 51 penny. Like, you know exactly what to expect, and you definitely know the personnel pretty well, too. So it's fun being able to play them, uh, you know, twice a year, and we'll uh, have to get them back for week one.
2: Colby, it's amazing. There's eight games left in the season. Uh, you know, college has got two games in the regular season left. How's your body feeling?
4: yeah i'm uh, i'm hanging in there doing uh doing pretty good for this time of the year you know it's uh a long season like you said we're only halfway which is pretty crazy uh but body's feeling good and you know i'm ready to to tackle this weekend ready to get after it
1: all right colby man uh we appreciate your time you're a, a newlywed Moyer's got about 30 years in the game. 34 I, was 34. My anniversary. 34. I got like 15 in the game. So uh, enjoy the ride, brother, man. It, it's gonna be beautiful, man. We appreciate your time.
4: Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. God bless. You got it.
1: All right, that was Colby Parkinson. When we return, man, we'll go around the NFL. What's going down? We have a Thursday night football game. Baltimore Ravens are up 24 to 13 over the Bengals. We'll talk about that and more. That's next, right here on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports.
1: Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer every Thursday right here on Seattle Sports 710. We'll be doing our thing from Bellevue Square Center Court. Now it's time to go around the NFL. And uh, just an update, Ravens are up 27-13 to against the Cincinnati Bengals in the third quarter it's about to come to an end this is a weird the nfc north or afc is AFC, afc north is a weird thing going on right there right because the hawks they beat the browns lose to the bangles lose to the ravens ravens are about to beat the bangles and the bangles beat the ravens i want to say last week there's just there's a lot going yeah. on over there that's why that's why i don't like people saying well they beat them and, and and they beat them, so we should be fine. No, this is NFL, you got to show up every yeah, week. Yeah, the
2: NFL is again. It's it's a hard game. There's a lot of smart coaches. You know, they're going to force you to do things you don't want to do eventually, and that's why you can go and beat Baltimore, beat us 37 to three, and then lose the following week, uh, and then come back and look really good. Now, the one thing Joe Burrow looks like he either broke his hand, yeah. or it's terrible bruise. I mean, yes. his hand was swollen and uh, he ended up going into the locker room. He, I mean, he couldn't throw a football anymore. I thought it initially I thought he grabbed his forearm which a lot of times is that el- elbow. Um, you the know. UCL. Yeah, thank you. Um, but hopefully it's just a, a bad bruise because without him, you know, Cincinnati's done
1: yeah that that's tough man he's already battled back from a calf injury and then as soon he gets health as he gets healthy the team looks good and then it hurts to see him go down that way uh something happened this week you got uh the bills take a loss yeah and uh the offense looks okay minus the quarterback turning the football over like crazy and they had a chance to win this ball game against the denver broncos and then denver kicks the field goal they push it to the right kind of like what my drive looks like off the tee box, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Half of the time. Mulligan. And you know, Mully, lined up breakfast ball. Breakfast ball. ball. <laughs> <laughs> so then they get an opportunity to do it again because there are 12 men on the field. Broncos kick the field goal, game over, Broncos win. In my head, I'm thinking, oh, special teams guys fired. No, sir. Offensive coordinator was fired. What do you think about that situation?
2: Well, my first thing is their head coach, McDermott. I'm thinking... He should be fired. I go, you're the one responsible for that. And here's another thing. What are you doing? Denver did not call a timeout, right? And so they, they schemed them hard. And they knew they had enough time. Their offense ran off the field, You got special team or field goal team ready. They run on the field. That's a substitution. You're allowed to match and substitute at that point too. But with that much time... Man, keep your defense out there. You're not even bringing in that many different people. That is such a, I mean, oh God, they botched that this. So this was bad. his
1: explanation. They said they were in a dime package, so then when you bring on the field goal team, there's a substitution that needs to happen, which makes sense because I have two extra DBs out there. But he said himself they practiced that situation and did not execute in that moment.
2: So whose fault is that? It's always on the head. coach. It's the head coach. Oh, I'm going to fire the offensive coordinator. Look, it's obviously wasn't one game. Josh Allen's not playing. Well, he's turning the ball over a bunch. I mean, that was, uh, you know, he's having a bit of his college uh, flashback. We wasn't that accurate. Uh, Turn the ball over. We knew he's really a phenomenal athlete with uh, an unbelievable arm um, feel like they're five and five, right? Or maybe they're five and four. Whatever their record is, it's not what everybody thought. That's a really talented football team, particularly yeah. offensively. I mean, they got skill positions off the board. You know, you're talking about one of the top three, you know, five, I guess, quarterbacks in the NFL. McDermott, You know, he pulled the trigger quick. You know, I, I've come from people that said, hey, you spend a long time hiring and you're quick to fire, yeah. you know, because if you waste time, if it's not the right person, don't waste time on that. Get rid of them. And he maybe he just felt he wasn't the right guy.
1: Felt that pressure. Yep. Kind of like the pressure USC felt after they lost the game. Has to get rid of their defensive coordinator. And then I go, look. They're still going to give up 40 points of games when he's out of here. Might as well let him finish the season. But oh, that's the pressure people get, right? They want to see changes made. So you find the lowest man on the totem pole probably and say, look, all right, we're going to get rid of him. All right, there's a situation going on in Minnesota, which I'm really impressed by. Uh, Josh Dobbs has taken over that team and kept the Minnesota Vikings in contention. Now, Uh, I've never been traded or anything like that when it comes to the NFL. And I feel like as a receiver, it's a bit easier to hop into an offense and say, okay, QB, what I got? I got a post. Okay. I'll run that post as a quarterback. You got to know what everyone's doing. You got to be able to protect yourself on the offensive line, put your running back in the right position, and then go through your progressions when it comes to throwing the football. I'm talking about Josh Dobbs over there. Now I know he is a, uh, a rocket scientist yes she is and he's one of the smartest men in the nfl but that still makes what he's done with the minnesota vikings impressive
2: yeah i mean you know i read some things that you know he got a borderline photographic memory too and you know you, look you're in the league you know what an offense is right i mean you call a play there's only so many things you can do but you got to know what everybody's doing i mean that's the hard part for 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 the quarterback um I, I've been in a situation, the, the toughest situation I've ever been in is my last year coaching. And I was in the meeting room, it was our last uh, game of the season. We're playing Cleveland, in Cleveland. So we gotta travel early. We gotta fly out on a Friday. The eight guys I had that started the season as defensive backs, every single one of them was on IR. Man, I had 16 guys in the room, in my the meeting room, because you had to still go to the meeting, 16. I mean, it was crazy. I brought three guys in on Wednesday, and I did not know, I literally, I was on the phone, one of our other guys who had been with us for a couple weeks got hurt. So I now had to put in the the guy who came in on Wednesday. I go, hey, put, uh, so-and-so, number uh, 30, uh, 32. That, I, mean, I didn't know. And then we're trying to run a blitz, and he doesn't know the blitz. And so now we're like, okay, we can't blitz. We can really run two coverages. And uh, Claire Farnsworth, do you remember Claire Farnsworth? Yeah, Long-time yep. uh, sports beats yep. writer for the for the Seahawks. Yep. He remembers me running uh, into the <laughs> locker room and I didn't remember the names of two of the guys. I go, hey, uh, you and you, come with me. Because I, I needed to Try to coach him up before practice. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was wild. And and it, and how do you think that game went?
1: Y'all probably lost.
2: Not very well.
1: <laughs> it was pretty bad. That's all bad. So
2: impressive. Now the, the other part of the story is the Broncos are playing them. Mm-hmm. The Broncos have what won two three games in a row. Three also games in now a row. they're they're in the playoff run, even though they yeah. look horrible. Um, they had no business even being in the game with Buffalo. Buffalo gave it to them. Why not? They just they looked horrible, but. You know, Russell's playing pretty well. He's got 18 touchdowns, you know, four interceptions. Uh, that one pass, I mean, I don't know. I, whether he meant to throw it there, I don't know. It was a greater catch than it was a throw. What do you
1: mean, mean to throw it there? He... To that
2: spot, I mean, I'm just saying it was an
1: incredible catch. You sound like a hater right now. No,
2: no, it was an incredible catch. And he's doing his little flip stuff. No, he played well. Uh, the team <laughs> didn't play well. That, the Denver's not a good football yeah. team. No. But now you're playing Minnesota with Joshua Dobbs. At some point, the Cinderella story probably ends.
1: Um, All right, so what's the bigger story? Russell Wilson extending that streak to four wins over Dobbs. Yes. Or Dobbs continuing the Cinderella story?
2: Um, probably, well, for, for us up here, probably Denver. For the national media, probably
1: Dobbs. Okay.
2: Um, I don't think we're haters, but I'm certainly not rooting for Denver.
1: I'm not a hater. No, but that. are you rooting for him? You sounded like a hater. But kid. are
2: you rooting for him?
1: I did the other night. Are you rooting for him? I did, yeah. You gonna I root for, I, I root for, for Russell. You? Are you rooting right? now, now that there's nothing, we're not tied in any way, anyway, I'll root for Russell. All right. Yeah. He's been humbled. He has been humbled. That's why I root for him. Yeah. Now, if he had success over there... I'd be a hater just like you. <laughs> well, just like me. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. That's bro. all right. Hey man, come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court. You have a chance to win gift cards from the dining district at the Bellevue Collection tonight. They're giving away gift cards to Duke Seafood and the Lake House. You had the quesadilla.
2: No, that was NASA.
1: NASA had but the quesadilla. But it was really good. What
2: did I have? That? Oh, I know it. I had the, the prawns. Mm-hmm. And then the deviled eggs, and then I had the burger, but I didn't eat the burger. But I ate all your guys' leftovers.
1: All our leftovers. Yeah. I'm basic. Bacon cheeseburger right here for your boy. Yeah, there you Don't go. Don't do seafood. <laughs> all right, when we return, we will, uh, man, live and in person, Cam Young, the rookie, will be here. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the
0: Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Michael
1: Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Listen to the Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer every Thursday right here, Bellevue Square Center Court, presented by the Dining District. Um, And we're joined by the young man, Cam Young. How you doing, Cam? I'm doing
5: great. Thanks for having me. man.
1: We uh, always appreciate you guys hanging out with us because on a Thursday, you can be doing a lot of things. Recovery, just laying up, Netflix, video
5: games. You a video game guy? Uh, A little bit. Um, I kind of got into video games when I was younger, so I still stick around with it a little bit. You get that new Call of Duty yet? Nah. (laughs) Not yet? My son, I'm sticking to Madden 2K right now. Madden 2K. Now. My, my son trying to, he's like, Dad, can I get the new
1: call of duty? I go, man, I take out the trash a couple more times. <laughs> you might be <laughs> yeah, able to earn get it. that. You know what I mean? Yes, you got to earn it, man. Oh, so uh, you're from Mississippi, man. Yes, I got sir. I got family from Mississippi, and we're talking off air. Uh, what is it about the Mississippi player? Because I can talk about Cali, it's finesse. You know, We yeah. put out quarterbacks, receivers, DBs. But down in the south, man, y'all put them big boys out, man. What is it about football down there?
5: Uh, I think just the toughness in general. Uh, You know, a Mississippi person is at heart a naturally tough person. Uh, You know, guys are naturally big out there due to the food, of course. (laughs) Uh, We do a lot of hard labor, so we're pretty strong. so. That's mostly what a Mississippi player look like. Yes, sir.
2: Well, and we, we were talking. That there's quite a few Seahawks that yeah. went, grew up in Mississippi. I mean, yes, you got sir. KJ. You got we had Derek Hall yep. uh, earlier. Who's the other one? Jerick. Oh, Jared Reed. Cross. Um Yeah, that's pretty good. I Memphis. Mean, Jared went to a junior college, and I was reading your your bio that you almost went to mm-hmm. a junior college, but uh, Mississippi State came maybe late right. uh, and, and offered you a scholarship. Talk about just that process out of high school.
5: Yeah. Um, well, I actually. Mississippi State off me in 10th grade. Uh, I wanted to commit there, but Dan Mullen had signed, um, went to Florida, so I kind of opened my recruiting process back up. Uh, Still wanted to go to Mississippi State. I kind of wanted to get recruited again by the new coach that came in, Coach Moorhead, so I told him that I would be willing to go JUCO and uh, just to get a whole recruiting process with them again. And, like, I I, I took an official visit, another with with, um, Moorhead, so... I kind of fell in love with the school all over again and decided to go there.
1: So um, you can call a penalty on every play in football if you really wanted to. Yeah. It's always penalties, right? I would imagine you get held a lot by Uh, these offense. Every play. Every every play, play, play. right? It's just either they catch it or not. Every play. So when you're being held profusely, Mm -hmm. do you say something to the refs? you talk to the player first? Like, what's your approach with that?
5: Uh, You know... I used to talk to the refs, but um, your coach would say, it's your fault for letting them hold you. So <laughs> now I just do my best to kind of create that separation. Yeah.
2: We, we used to say the same thing. The coaches said, hey, man, if you're getting held, that's your fault.
5: Yeah, you ain't violent enough.
2: You, 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 you get their hands off or you make sure the refs actually call, call that yes, uh, sir, along call the way. Um, When Seahawks uh, called your name, uh, did mm-hmm. you have contact with them leading up in the draft? Did you have a pretty good idea of where you yeah. might go?
5: Uh, yeah, I had a pretty uh, good, extensive draft process. So, um, you know, I went to the Senior Bowl, kind of talked to the Seahawks then, and just like we just hit it off right away. Um, so, those were one of the places that I wanted to be. And when I got that call, it just like a dream come true.
2: What What was your strength uh, in college, and then when you're here, was there something they wanted you to do different, or did they say, "No, nope, this is the type of player I want you to be."
5: Right. Um, in college, we was a three-down, so it was a lot more stunning. And slanting things. Uh, when I got here, they wanted me to two gap. Uh, you know, I kind of watched my film on guys like Al Woods and Monet, yeah. uh, guys that's 350 pounds plus, try to kind of mirror their game, but you know, I'm 308, so I can't really have uh, <laughs> my ground like they do. So I had to kind of really implement what I did best and what they wanted me to do and kind of just like make my game my own.
1: Man, I, I could imagine since you were a kid. Um this is what you wanted to do, All right? right? And, and help provide for the family. I remember, I wasn't drafted. Uh, I was undrafted, I snuck through the back door. And the first thing I did was take care of mom. So I'm like, mom, you've oh, yeah. been help me out my whole life. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to still drive the same car. I, I, I'm doing nothing. I'm taking care of you first. So what was that moment like for your family? You know, cause uh, I, I'm sure you've been telling your mom since you was a kid. Mom, I'm going to buy you a house. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it to the league. Like, yes, how gratifying is that?
5: Uh, actually, I had dreams of taking care of my family before I had NFL dreams. So uh, I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I knew that once I got the opportunity that I was going to make a way. So... Just being able to give back to them, like, them, like them folks my world. So, just giving them what they want, you know, that makes my day.
1: Are you a, a emotional kind of guy? Like when you drafted, were there like tears of joy, or was it just I'm um, clocking in, getting back to work? What was that moment like?
5: Uh, it was definitely a little emotional. You know, I was surrounded by the people I love. Um, kind of had pictures of the ones that I wish was there, that was ones that able to make it. So it was definitely a lot of emotions going. Definitely seeing my mom and my dad cry. uh, That kind of drawed a tear, too. So it was an emotional moment. Yeah, I love it.
2: Well, there's a pretty good story of you also uh, helping your your family out there Mm -hmm. and buying them a house. Yes, sir. uh, I'm sure that was uh, an emotional time as well. Do do you mind sharing that story with everybody here?
5: Uh, Most definitely. Uh, Once I got the draft call, you know, I was kind of looking for a house for my mom. Then uh, I was telling her, like, Mom, you got to find a house that you want. Uh she was kind of prolonging it. She thought I was playing with I'm like, nah, like this is the first purchase I want to make. Like I wanna get you a house. So uh once I got home, I kinda like took it upon myself. Like we had like a week off before we came back. Uh once I got home, I went there. the house popped up on the market like as soon as I landed. So I kind of texted the uh, realtor and like I'm trying to come look at it. I guess she thought I would plan too. So she was <laughs> like, uh Okay, I guess we got a young kid coming in talking about he wanna buy this house, we going to let him look at it. So she was like, the owners they looking to sell it this weekend. So I was like, what's the offer? So she told me the number. I gave her a better price, and they gave it to me. So that's wow. how that worked. It, is,
2: it, is it in your hometown of Crosby?
5: Uh, no, sir. So it's actually like an hour away. Okay. But um, it's probably 20 minutes from where my mom works, so it works out good. Ah, uh, it's a blessing.
1: You got a uh, now. I was sitting with my sons the other day, and we were trying to go back and forth and name brothers in the league right mm-hmm. and so there there's a pedigree if if it's in you you got a chance to make it to the league for you sure got, you got any cousins uh or, or little ones coming up you, you think um, we should be looking out for
5: uh, i think my little brother he got a chance you yeah. know uh, he's a big guy kind of physical oh he likes to get physical with me uh <laughs> so i'm looking Same forward position? to see what he do now he play offensive line okay That's, i don't know why he play offensive line but, <laughs> you know i think um offensive line with some of the craziest people in the world but <laughs> you know, he do it so yeah. he love it so
1: why, why? Why do you think they' crazy? I say D line because
5: y'all on the attack. Yeah, o line, you're on the retreat. Yeah, but like I, I, I've referenced football as, like hammers and nails. You feel me? So I like okay. to be a hammer. Okay. I feel like offensive line are always nails. Yep. So and then you don't get no credit for that. Like you get hit every play, and the quarterback get all the love. So that's that's like.
2: I, I had a coach I who it. I had a coach who said that the difference between this offensive line and defensive line was. When I told the defensive line, I want you to run through that wall, Mm -hmm. they ran through the wall. For sure. And then he told, I said, I want to went to the offensive line. He said, I want you to run through that wall. And they looked at that wall and they go, well, can we go over the wall? Yeah. Can we go around the wall? <laughs> you know, they, they overthought the thing. Right. So, and they—they—they are—they're definitely different uh, yeah, along the way. Different. Yeah, Hey, there's a there's a connection. Uh, we had Coach Leach, Washington State coach, up here a long time in the Northwest. Yes, and so. A lot of people got to know him. He, he went to Mississippi State, and mm-hmm. you know, he passed a, it was a year ago. I mean, yep. it's, it's crazy.
5: Uh, that, time flies. He
2: did one. Just, you know, tell us a little bit about what he meant to you right. and and just how that whole thing went down for your team
5: All right. Uh because Lee's a great guy, you know, a great offensive mind uh, Just a great leader of men. So once he came in, you know His staff was the one that really gave me my opportunity. So I'm forever grateful for him for that
1: When uh, I look at Leach and I look at Pete Carroll, yeah I think they're different, but they're the same at the yeah, same time, right? Yeah. There, there's some similarities. It's like a, Where, where's it's like similarity?
5: A, it's like a so smart that you're crazy to a point. Like, uh-huh. like I, don't, I just can't explain it. Like, they do uh, sporadic things at times. Like, you just really can't explain.
1: Right. And that has to be interesting as a player, right? Because, you know, I went to Washington State. Mm-hmm. I didn't play for Legion but I got a chance to be around him. And he always intrigues me. Like, I don't understand what you're doing, right. but I want to understand it. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, just... Pete Carroll gives you kind of kind of the same thing.
5: Yeah, like you, you'll see Pete like running sprints and Like throwing the ball like 50 yards like he do it every day Like we, we don't know why but I just assume like that's a way for him to exert energy Cuz like his brain moving like a hundred miles per hour at all times. So like it's crazy. Yeah,
1: well, hey, well Cam and um I was excited when they drafted you. Um, yes, I'm excited when I see you in that four-point because I know you're about to get busy. Yeah, And uh, we, we appreciate you uh, taking time out of your Thursday, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, no you,
2: you're the future, man. You got yes, some sir. good veterans in front oh, of you. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. uh, but we, we're glad you're here.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, y'all. give it up one more time for Cam Young. All right, when we return, we'll go inside the film room. We'll break down Cam Walker's touchdown. Sam Howell threw a touchdown. And DK setting up the game winning field goal. That's next, right here on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square
1: Center Court. Live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moya. Now, this is what we love to do, man. If you guys could be in our text thread around Sunday night, maybe two hours after the post-game show, Moore is going to hit us with a text like, hey, guys, look at this. This is what I'm seeing. And then Monday, he hits us with something else. Tuesday, he has figured out what works and what doesn't work. By Wednesday, he's looking towards the next week. And by Thursday, he's saying, all right, let's look over these plays again and make sure that I was correct.
2: Cow, I'm you're, I'm gonna have you as my uh, agent. I or, got you. My or PR person. What need?
1: I need five percent though, not three. Can I get five. Uh, look, we're we're family. It's
2: uh, it's all in the family.
1: <laughs> we all share it. <laughs> That's how you get around it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. So let's let's go into the film room and break some of these plays down. The first play we're breaking down: Geno Smith finds Ken Walker for a 64-yard touchdown.
6: Washington with four down linemen, play fake to Walker, Gino looks to throw, scrambles out, now dumps it off underneath, Walker makes it get, across the midfield, still on the move, down to the 40, he could go, 25, 15, 10, 5, he dives in, touchdown, Seahawks, Ken Walker the third, cannon and down the near sidelines for 64 yards and a touchdown and just when the hawks needed it most walker breaks tackles near the line of scrimmage and he is gone seattle leads 15 to 12.
1: all right i like this Moyer because um we were talking off air and you say man do you think that was a a design play and i go no this is what i think and and you you tell me if you agree or not Um, I think that it's a play-action pass. Now, Ken Walker, after the play-action, he's looking to see, okay, now I'm in pass pro. If this backer is going to block, then I'm blocking. If he doesn't block, then now I release. It's called like a a check with me depending on, on what you do. Right, so now you're in a, a three by one formation. You got the tight end to the right, attached to the line of scrimmage. You got Jake Bobo and Tyler Lockett to the right. DK isolated on the back side. Looks like they're in a deep quarters or, or something like that when, it, when we're talking about the defense. Gino looks to the left. He's looking to take a shot, I feel like, and uh, doesn't like the release that he works to the number two, or excuse me, the number three to the right side. That's the tight end. Doesn't like his release and says, you know what? I'm going to avoid, I'm going to make a play, check it down to my running back, and now that's just uh, Ken Walker being elusive and making plays. Yeah,
2: this is all on Ken Walker. I mean, there's not a lot of blocking going on here. But the reason why I asked uh, was this a design check down is I wish we did more of this. Right. Um, a lot of times you'll, you'll have an outlet. So there's always, you're always looking for the check down. Well, a lot of times it's a swing route by a back. So he's looking downfield, nothing there, and then they'll run a swing route, but a lot of times it's still behind the line of scrimmage. And so, you know, the the linebackers and the underneath coverage are getting deep, but they can rally to that. The reason why I was thinking it was is because it looked so like it was designed, right. like they ran this this play action. And, and this play action came from a play action power play. We had been running a bunch of power plays. And a power play just means that we're, we're pulling a guard, and a lot of times that guard uh, leads up and will hit a linebacker or kick out an end, depending on how they play it. So we'd run a bunch of power runs, and so we pull a guard on this thing, uh, our left guard, which was Lewis, and so you know they, they were running the play action routes behind it. Well, a lot of times in play action and bootlegs, when you see that as a linebacker or the underneath coverage, you're looking for designed routes. Uh, they've done this for a reason. Bootlegs, it's you know usually crossing routes and they're trying to do it in two or three levels. So you're turned to look up you know, one of the tight ends crossing or a wide receiver crossing. Play action, same thing. There's a lot of designed routes with that. And so often you'll see linebackers turn their back to the quarterback to go look up receivers on play action. So I like a check down in the middle of the field right. to take advantage of that and you can split a defense on this one you're right it wasn't designed on that it just was a happenstance on it but it's such a great play by K9 I mean first yeah. of all he makes one guy miss and then he breaks a tackle and then he has the speed to take it to distance um, it's all on K9 so Gino listens to our show every Thursday from <laughs> 7 to 9 I'm gonna let him know it's okay to hit some check downs in the middle of the field
1: all right. You heard it from Moyer. If he says it, you better do it. That's right. All right it's going to work. work. <laughs> All right. This next play, we got Sam Howell finds Brown for a 35 yard touchdown
6: third down and 10 shotgun snap Howell stands waits throws catches made the run to the end zone and we're a point away from being tied up catching a crossing route is brown right in the middle of the seahawks defense and nobody is there to make the tackle a 35-yard touchdown
1: all right, what you see?
2: Well, we, we, uh, we end up sending four guys on this, but one of the four is uh, we, we send Bobby Wagner uh, in the middle of the formation. Uh, and then we drop, uh, I believe we drop Daryl Taylor to the le- left, and then um, Jordan Brooks is kind of our, our deep middle guy. Honestly, there are just times in a game you go, it was just a better throw. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're actually in position. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, is, is it Woolen or is it uh, Witherspoon? I, I, I thought it was Woolen, but I, then I, I thought I heard uh, Pete say it was uh, Witherspoon.
1: It uh, is It is Witherspoon.
2: Uh, it's I mean, both of them. It's Witherspoon. With, uh, uh, Woolen's out to our right, uh, yeah. but uh, Witherspoon's in the, in the nickel, so he drops in what I call kind of the, the hook area between the numbers and the hash. It's just a great throw, and it's a great catch, and even for Diggs when I see it, Diggs goes to where the ball is. The guy undercuts him; he has to stop and and reroute. It's just sometimes they out make a play on you. Uh, I don't, I don't fault anything here.
1: No, you look at the coverage. You got Witherspoon underneath. You got Brooks underneath. Yeah, safety's over the top. Sometimes guys just make plays.
2: It, it happens. I'm, I'm, I'm sure if you g- give me a second here, I <laughs> can find some fault to it. Maybe it's the backside corner. Uh, oh, tell me. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this on Trey Brown. So, Trey, I'm calling you out on this. Trey, Trey sat and watched the play for a second. And he could have made the play before the touchdown. It still would have been about the 10-yard line. How? Uh, Watch him. He stops. The backside corner? Watch 20. You got to go to the sideline. I'm looking at sideline. Okay, watch when the ball's thrown. Look, I'm taught, man, when the ball's thrown, you go. Go. He didn't go. Look, look, I'm I'm nitpicking. You are. I'm nitpicking. I love Trey Brown. I told you, I think we got the best trio corners (laughs) in the league. He has come, and he has become the guy. You would coach him up that way? I would say, hey, what are you doing? Why are you watching the play? He just watched it. When I say watch, he watched it for about a half second. That half second, if he had it going... He would have made the tackle at the 10-yard
1: hey, line. As long as you're coaching him up that way, I'm okay hey, with
2: it. Equal opportunity, man. All
1: right, it's I'm with It's called you. tough love. I'm with you.
2: Trying to make Do you want to be the best you can be?
1: What do you want to do
2: with Thank your life? Thank you. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> all right, next up we got Geno Smith finds DK Metcalf for a 27-yard game, setting up the game-winning field goal.
6: Second down and 10 from his own 48. Seahawks need to get about 20 yards. There's a shot down the middle. DK has it. Spins out of one tackle. He's dragging guys down to the 25-yard line. But now they got to get up to the line of scrimmage. 13, 12, 11. Seahawks running to get to the line of scrimmage. Gino gets everybody set. 6, 5, 4, three he spikes the ball what a pass by gino and what a clutch play by number 14 dk medcalf a 27 yard reception just when they needed it
1: let's right. go get high fire you up a little hey, bit hey, you, you that was a good me. call by steve you Rae got me there. you got me steve got me too yeah um good. so if you guys look i do a uh, bumps breakdown every wednesday or every thursday every wednesday every Wednesday on YouTube. You guys go and check it out, Seattle Sports. I break down this play right here. So this is what happens, okay? It's all about occupying defenders and Geno realizing where the space is going to be. All right, you got a two by two set, kind of tight stack look, right? Two receivers tight, two receivers tight. And what happens is the inside receivers are gonna run hitches, they occupy guys. Now you got Tyler Lockett who runs a corner. He's going to take the cornerback with him and the safety. And then you have D.K. who's running a 10-yard in. What makes this thing possible is Zach Charbonnet swings to the right. He takes a linebacker with him, and he opens up the middle of the field. And Geno knows where the ball should and will be going. D.K. runs a 10-yard in. Boom, he rounds it, gets the football, breaks a tackle. D.K. showed up big early in the game. A little shaky. Late in the game, DK got it done. Beautiful play design, but more impressive was Gino understanding what the defense is in, what they're trying to do, and getting the ball to 14.
2: Yeah, you know, I won't describe all the, what happened there with the the hooks early on, and and then the the late, or the the end route by DK. It's a great throw, first of all, by Gino, because Jason Peters kind of gets beat inside by the end. Um, And so, Gino, and I don't want to say it would have been a sack, but he flashes right in front of Gino uh, in the middle of the, the formation. So to me, it's a really good throw. Um, and I think the, the, the second best thing is just DK's effort to get that extra 10 yards. You know, I mean, he, he got us that. It, it would have been outside the 30 if he hadn't have broke the tackle on this. But here's the most impressive part of that play. Jason Peters has to run All the way, he runs in late. You got to watch the sideline at the end. They're kind of waiting for him. And Jason's a big man. He's 42 years old. And he's probably thinking, "Okay, we caught that ball. Oh, we don't have any timeouts. We got to run all the way up there, get set, and get (laughs) spiked. And he's, everybody's kind of set. And here comes Jason late, (laughs) running and hustling there. It's pretty funny to watch.
1: That's a veteran for you. Yep, it was good. That was a great play, man.
2: Just a, a good win for the Seahawks.
1: All right. Hey, make sure you get out to Bellevue Collection Dining District. So many great restaurants to choose from. Today, we had our pre-show meal at one of our favorites, Duke's Seafood. I had bacon cheeseburger. you already know, man. I I didn't tap in on the seafood. Moyer had uh, some type of seafood.
2: Wait. What did did you have? What did you have the the, the quesadillas? What were they? (laughs) The ke- I'm, I'm telling you, and I—I I am not exaggerating. I'm not lying. I'm not just pumping up Dukes, even though I'm pumping up Dukes. Their quesadilla, what was the it? The
3: halibut quesadilla.
2: I—it's—it's it's unbelievable. You wouldn't even think it would be good, <laughs> but it is. I took the extra one. It's in my uh, to-go bag.
0: But for me, what's even better is the rockfish tacos. Oh, Get yeah. two of
1: those things. You'll be straight for life. Okay, okay? That's
2: okay. I, I promise you, it's not what you think. They are so good. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it was. it's not
1: what you think. What do you think?
2: Well, I mean, I'm thinking <laughs> a rot-fish f- fish taco. You're thinking, eh, right? A halibut uh, quesadilla. <laughs> no, these oh, are, man. they're like legit My a taco. And ta- My
1: guy, remember, it's not what you think. It's good.
2: Look, I'm, look, I'm here for you, you, my
1: man. Moyer let us know. (laughs) All right. When we come back, it's time to talk that talk. We'll, uh, we'll go through some topics and Moyer would tell me he's always right because you know what? I respect my elders. So he's, he's right. Okay. That's coming up next right here on Hawks live.
0: It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks live
1: what up what up back to Hawks live on Michael bombas with Paul Moyer now it's time to talk that talk this is when we square up you know we, we throw some topics out there and we see uh, who's right and who's wrong or, or or at least we uh we put up arguments for who's right and who's wrong
2: it's it's turned more into a pillow fight you know if we get a Why? little because older I,
1: because it's like we uh, older there's too much love between us
2: right at first we were like, like yeah, come on, who's, come on, who, who's the, who's the alpha
1: here? <laughs> now it's like, uh, and Now it's like hey, you are. Hey, that's a gimme. You are three foot putter. That's, yeah.
4: a, that's
1: a <laughs> putter. that's a gimme. You can have that Until the 18th hole, and I'll put that anywhere. Right? Yeah, yeah, put that. We're yeah. playing skins now. Yeah, right. roll it over. All right, well, let's get into it, man. Talk that talk. I'll, I'll start us off. More. All right, all right, here we go. You agree or disagree? Geno Smith continues his turnover-less streak. Um. God, man, the Rams just,
2: they, they their blitz package wor- worries me. But I don't think their secondary is very good. So I'm going to say yes. Uh, I think Gino, he knows what we need to do. We cannot turn the ball over. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say yeah.
1: You're going to say yeah. I'm going to say yes as well. Last week, there was only one play that kind of scared me I think they tried to set up a screen he tries to sidearm it to Ken Walker there's a di- defensive lineman there and he makes a play on the football but for the most part last week he was pretty good so I think that he's gonna tap in to the Gino that we saw last year for the most part and take care of the football so now I'm with you he's gonna continue his turnover less streak,
2: and, and we need it um... Here's an inter- interesting one. Um, Matthew Stafford is 11th all time in passing. When he is at Detroit, I, you know, I didn't think much of him. I knew he had a pretty good arm. You know, he, they, they threw a lot. He was a good guy, you know, stuff like that. But I, I never thought of him as elite. And then McVay figures him out and brings him over to the Rams and win a Super Bowl. Is he Hall of Fame worthy?
1: Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame worthy. Here's the thing. If he stayed in Detroit and did whatever Detroit is doing, didn't win a Super Bowl. Because I don't see Jared Goff winning a Super Bowl. I don't see the team right now that's balling. What are they, 7-2, 8-2 at this point right now? Maybe 7-2. I don't see them winning a Super Bowl. So I think the fact that he came over to Los Angeles and won a Super Bowl put him in in the hall of fame because he's gonna play three four more seasons. He's gonna put up three thousand yards at least per season. That's another what nine to 10, ten, eleven thousand yards. So uh no I'm gonna I'm gonna say he he's hall of fame.
2: Well he's definitely gonna be in the top ten and he's got a Super Bowl. Eli Manning has two Super Bowls he's not in the in the in the hall of fame. I don't I don't know if he's is he eligible yet? Uh he might just now be eligible. But, he, you know, that's another one would be an interesting one. It's so weird because Goff has had success at Detroit. You know, Goff was good with the Rams. Uh, the Rams of the last two years have not been good. But I think he gets in, too. Uh, I just think, you know, if you're a top-10 all-time yard quarterback, you've won a Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is what does it. Yeah. Uh, if he didn't have the Super Bowl, say, Detroit, I don't think he gets in.
1: So what about Matt Ryan. He'll be he's top ten.
2: Man, I just those to me are just yards, right? I
1: mean, you got an MVP. Ah, does Matthew no. Stafford have an MVP? I don't think he does. No,
2: MVPs are hard, man. You got to have MVPs. Sometimes are luck too. You you got to have one really good year. Um, that to me does not make a Hall of Fame career. But sometimes winning a Super Bowl is just one good year too, right? And it's a team thing. Um, but I I think Stafford gets it. Matt Ryan, that'll be interesting because as more yards get pushed, you know, by other players. So by the time he retires and then he's got to wait five years, I believe, before he get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Matt Ryan may not be in the top ten anymore. True. So that one's still up for debate.
1: You know what? Eli will be eligible in 2025. I think
2: that will dictate. I think Eli gets in. All
1: right. I got a hot take. All right. You know what I don't like? What? Guys from the 50s and 60s getting in the Hall of Fame now, like randomly, there'll be some guy who played 30, 40 years ago, and now he's in the Hall of Fame. I go, why didn't why didn't they do it back then, earlier than than now? Like, what's the
2: problem? I'll give you a good one. Kenny Easley. Kenny Easley did not get in.
1: Well, that's that's not that's he didn't play 40 years ago.
2: No, but but it had gone by 30 years. Uh, He didn't get in, and and the reason why he didn't get in is he got his injuries. Cut his career short and so much of the writers look at oh you got to have longevity but they didn't look at well the seven years he played he was the most dominant most feared he was safety in the nfl and he won uh defensive mvp as a safety which back then was unheard of in 1984 right. and so to me it's worn and sometimes you just got to go back and say they missed it they just missed it during that time and the other thing is i mean do you leave it to writers come on man I am not a a huge fan of writers because they just look at at times statistics.
1: You know what? Now that you say that, Gail Sayers better be in the Hall of Fame. He is. Okay. But that, I was that's, gonna that's say another one, he only, my man only he six played six like six years. seasons. I know. But he was the most he was. He was the smoothest runner I've ever seen in my life, Gail Sayers. You know who should be in? Who? Dave Brown. Dave Brown. Dave Brown yeah. with
2: sixty-two yeah. or three interceptions. How do you, you not in the Hall of Fame with that many interceptions Because we never, you never went to the Hall of Fame. If he was, he got drafted by Pittsburgh in the supplemental draft when the Seahawks started uh, as a franchise. They didn't protect Dave Brown. He was a first round p- pick by Pittsburgh Steelers out of Michigan. We the the, the Seahawks get him in that whatever, not supplemental draft but picks, whatever they do for um, expansion teams. And he has a Hall of Fame career, and he's not in. That guy should be in the Hall of Fame.
1: So at the rate we're at, mm. if you're in the Seahawk Ring of Honor, we're putting you in the Hall of Fame. Let's do it.
2: Well, I'm saying Dave Brown legitimately. No, no, served. for real.
1: But uh, uh, we, we, I, just, we just named uh, some Seahawks, way, though. I
2: can make a case for Dave Craig. At one point, the Dave Craig <laughs> he had yards and touchdowns.
1: These but are he, your golfing buddies, aren't they?
2: No, but you go and look at his numbers – he just never went to a Super Bowl. Never, you know. I mean.
1: So now we got to talk about what being in the Hall of Fame means. Do you need a Super as a quarterback? So Matt Ryan, as a quarterback, you Matt need Ryan. to win a Super Bowl. I don't know. I think uh, you do. I mean, well, it, it, unless you're Dan Marino.
2: Dan Marino. I mean, he was so dominant. Uh, John Elway, until his last two years, hadn't won a Super Bowl. You know, you, you're going to keep him out. So okay, well, that was a good. Right, one. Right, we just
1: would we'll we go done. on forever. Rabbit hole. We done? We done.
2: We, that's the first time in the years we've done this, we only did
1: two. No, no, we're not done completely. Oh, I thought we were done. We're with that. done with that. Okay, good. We got time? We got time for one all more? All okay. One more. Producer says we got time for one more, so yep. we're going to do it. Okay. Which one you want? you want the uh, DK Tyler or the the Yeah, i DK Tyler. All right, here we go. DK and Tyler will have more yards this Sunday than Puka and Cup.
2: Cool. I get a lot of people shaking their head. I'm going sh- <laughs> to say no. And the only reason why I'm going to say no, JSN has become such a factor. Mm. You know, and so, um, oh, no, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to say yes. I, I think DK... <laughs> I- I- well, here's why. I think DK is going to go off this game. Their corners are look, you got w- Witherspoon who's uh, over there. I mean, we cut him last year. Uh-huh. Um, he's our starting corner and DK had a couple of routes on the Rams the first game. We need to go back and do a few more of those. I think we can take them deep and DK may have 100 plus on his own this week.
1: All right. The reason why I'm going to say no is because I feel like the Hawks are going to run the football exceptionally well. And that's going to take away from these guys. JSN's going to cut into it. And then Tyler Lockett will, will not disappear, but not have a big game for a game or two. And then he's back on the scene. So I'm going to say no, but I still think the Hawks win the game. You're not wrong. Okay. But you ain't right. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When we get back, hey, we'll put our final thoughts and keys to victory. That is next right here on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue
1: Collection at Bellevue
0: Square Center Court. Live on air on Seattle Sports.
1: We are still here. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. We got our soldiers here. About 300 deep. We saw the movie. 300? Good one. Saw that movie? Great movie.
2: Just like us, man. (laughs) Cut.
1: (laughs) I tried to do that uh, when the movie came out. You know, they they posted the workout that they did. I did it for like a week and I'm like, nah, I don't need to be in that kind of shape. I'm good.
2: The guy who's the the lead actor on that, um, is it Gerard or whatever his name? Um, He said that when he was done with that movie, he said he never wanted to work out again. <laughs> he just,
1: he said it was so hard. It's crazy, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. You, know, what's,
1: you know what's going to be hard is this mm-hmm. weekend <laughs> against the Rams. All right, it's going to be a tough game. Well, they always we play as easy. Always play. <laughs> it, that's a great point. I think that that's, uh, that's important because for some reason, people think that games are supposed to be easy. And I remind people, I go, the Hawks don't set their schedule. They don't, they don't schedule a D2 school week one, two, or three, or like some SEC schools do, take a bye when they want to take the bye. No, the NFL says, this is who you're going to play. And unfortunately for the Hawks, they are playing against the best division in football in the AFC North. And then you sprinkle in the the Cowboys, you sprinkle in uh, Philly. It's going to be tough. And then you sprinkle in the team that you got to play two times every year in the Los Angeles Rams, and they're going to play you tough. This is going to be a tough game.
2: Well, don't we have the toughest remaining schedule or second toughest? I mean, look, this is critical for the Seahawks to make the playoffs. I mean, we have to win this game because our next four games are... San Francisco, uh, Cowboys, I think San Francisco again and Philadelphia, or maybe those are flopped. I and mean, that's, that's four tough games. And we got Pittsburgh somewhere at the last two games. So we, we got a tough uh, road ahead. This, this is a big one. Um, I, I hope there's a lot of possessions in this game. Normally, the Seahawks like to play not a lot of possessions. Um, this one I want to, uh, mainly because I just don't think their offense is that good. Their offensive line is is not very good. I think we can get after the quarterback. We need to stop the run. They do run the ball well. Matter of fact, their running back is averaging four point seven yards per carry. Um, we gotta shore that up right from the get-go and force them to throw it. They're they're a different offense now because they don't protect well. So those deep crossing routes, that they're gonna do it, they're gonna have to keep two tight ends in and a running back and probably run a two man route. We should be able to, you know, to match up on that. Um I think that, you know, offensively, it'll be a challenge just because Aaron Donald is all over the map. He's a right. left tackle, left guard, or right tackle, right in, left in. we got to know where he <laughs> is. And, and they've got enough good players on the front to, to put pressure on the quarterback. Um, their, their secondary's not great. Uh, they're, they're capable of making plays, but they're not great. I, I think it's one of those games where I go, Gino, that's a one-on-one matchup. Go ahead and give, give DK an opportunity. He's got the height on them. Matter of fact, their, their safety, uh, uh, is it Yeast? I think it's Yeast. Man, he's like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, um, there's some times where he's even been in position, he's just not very tall, couldn't make the play. So I think there's some um, risk-reward plays we can, right. we can take downfield. I, I hope we win by double digits. It's probably not going to happen. It's going to be a fourth-quarter game. I think we'll be in control. Um, but we were somewhat in control the first half the first game we played and we were up 13 to 7 drove down we missed a field goal to go up 16 to 7 that would that'd have been a big difference second half was just i mean it was just throw throw it away
1: yeah um, you're in california now the los angeles rams don't necessarily have a really big home field advantage oh
2: we'll have advantage
1: but uh you're gonna hear the 12s oh yes you're gonna hear the 12s it's hardly any teams that roll through there so far and it's not at least what 60 40 like the Hawks the twelves should be deep in there so uh, I'm expecting that's gonna help as well and uh I I'm, I'm just expecting a good game and this is gonna be a good one I think that um this is important You have to win this game before you go into the gauntlet that you're going to go into. And honestly, the gauntlet starts this weekend. I've been on a couple interviews down uh, with with the broadcast teams in L.A., and I'm like, look, the gauntlet starts now. They keep talking about after this game. I go, no, 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 no. It starts with this game because the Rams have gotten the better of this team as of late.
2: And I'll close with this. I I think this is personal for Pete. Being five and nine since McVay's mm. come to the Rams, gotta
1: shake his hand.
2: I think uh, I, I think we'll run a few different things offensively and defensively this game.
1: All right, let's get it. All right. Special thanks to all the people who stayed here and hollered at us today. Also to Kobe Parkinson, Greg Beecham, and Cam Young for joining the show. Our board operator Max Strobel. On-site engineer is the lovely Brennan Rogers. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders, and executive producer is NASA Chobi. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumpus. That's my guy, Paul Moyer. We'll be back in a couple of weeks right here on Hawks Live.